I think the devil trying to stop us. But we already got the victory. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Scripture says that unless you have a redemptive vision, which means that God needs to show us who we are created to be, who he is calling us to be, beyond where we are, so that we can press towards what he has called us to be. Do you have a redemptive vision of yourself? If you don't, you need to ask God. Because then it goes on to say that the person that don't have that, they cast off all restraints, which means they live any old way, and the way they live in will make them perish. But when you know who you are, but when you know you got a calling on you and God got his name on you, you, you just can't live any old way because you see what God is calling you to and where he called you from. Somebody ought to give God some praise in the house. Thank you to God just working through the choir, through the songs, through the musicians. Y'all always sang my sermon. And I am blessed by that. Allow us to move forward. We are on Sermon 24. Uh, we are in the war of our wars. And I'm really going to start where we left off. Amen. Our scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And it reads as such in our hearing. It says, though we walk, live in the flesh, we do not carry on our welfare according to the flesh, using mere human weapons. And what he's saying is, your enemy is the devil. Not the person at work, it's not your family member. He may work through them, but that is not ultimately who is trying to hinder you. It's deeper than that. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's deeper than that. Just the fact that you are made in God's image and God loves you, you have a target on your back. Let me speak to, to those of us that are trying to press forward. The more you try to press forward, the more the devil's going to send his demons after you. Y'all can sit down. I'm preaching already. So. You are in a war 24-7, and this war that we're in, this spiritual war, is more deadly than the war of Russia and Ukraine. And unless we begin to understand what is happening in our society, what is happening in our families, what is happening to you and I, we, we won't know how to, to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to stop, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to say it's over until God says it's over, because I believe I already have the victory. Victory is mine no longer. How long it lasts? Last 
last week I left you all with David conquering the 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 Jebusites, and the Jebusites was right there in the middle of the promised land. And what you got to understand, they've been there for 390 years. Joshua couldn't get rid of them. The judges couldn't get rid of them. King Saul, they even tipped to get rid of them. And they were standing there as a stronghold. Defying the promise of God. Defying that these was God's people and God had a promise on the table. Scripture gives us a mirror of the battles we fight so that we can over, so we can see and overcome and do better. <laughs> Look what it says. He says that our weapons are mighty to, to throw, to overthrow the destruction. And it used the word strong. That means where Satan has sat down. In our, let me, let me just go there. Sat down in our attitudes. Sat down in our thinking. Sat down to the place we no longer believe we can get victory. Hold on. Sat down in our families. There's generational strongholds that, that will go from generation to generation, skip a generation, then hit a generation. My brothers and sisters, this is not in the natural. This is in the spiritual that manifests itself in the natural. Have you ever looked at your child or your granddad and said, I don't know where they got that from? Is it somebody? Is it, is it either yours or, your, or, the, or the father's bloodline? It might be great great grandmama, great papa. Y'all don't know, but is it somewhere? My grandson, when he eats, he holds his fingers like my mom used to. He never met my mom. But I see Omalie all up in him. <laughs> my, my brothers and sisters, this is, this is, you see it, but we don't know what we're seeing. Because we have a lack of understanding of the word and spiritual principles. This kingdom of Jebusites, Israel became comfortable with these people that stood against everything that God was about. And for 390 years, they stood and said, you have kicked out everybody else, but y'all can't touch us. We have fortified ourselves. We got water coming in. We have set up our own kingdom. We got everything we need on the inside. We don't need to go on the outside. And we are, our walls are so strong 
we have been here so fortified that we don't care what you say, what you do, who you say your God is. What we don't understand is this. It's not just a battle of the physical. It was a battle is your God is not strong enough. You're Jehovah God. Some of us, if not all of us, at some point, settled for less than God's best. All of us, if not some of us, made decisions out of defeat instead of victory. Some of us, if not all of us, where we at is not where God wanted us to be because of some stronghold in our life. It, it propelled us forward in what wasn't best for us, and we never took time to pray about it. If Satan can't take your belief away, your faith away, he wants to impede your forward progress that you never become what God has created you to be. And listen, 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 listen. listen. If you're saved, God got his name on you. You are his masterpiece. You are his creation that he made you to shine for his glory. Matter of fact, he has put his Holy Spirit in you. Y'all getting me? Hold on, hold on. We got the third person of the Godhead abiding in us. And we still think we can't. I know we talk about David's failures, but you ought to talk about his victory. When Israel made him king, David said the first thing David did when he became king, is go get his troops, march towards this fortress of the Jebusites, and he's thinking in his mind, you have no right. Let me, let me, I want to jump, but I may break something if I jump. He said, I know who my God is. And I know who we are in God. And though you haven't been defeated yet, you never face me in my faith. Some of us need to get mad. Now, quit getting mad if folks get mad at the devil. Because he is walking in places where he has no right. He has no authority. But until we stand up, until the Christ in us stand up, he's going to keep on doing what he has no right to do. He has no right to steal your peace. He has no right to steal your joy. He has no right to have you all messed up in your thinking. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. You are the property of Jesus Christ and you need to stand up and say so. This is a f 
fight. Church, this is a fight. This is a fight. And by faith, David knew victory is mine, but I got to lean into and know who I am. You know, know what Jebusites mean? Trample down. The Bible is so perfect. Even the names mean something. What it's saying is, we trample down other folk. We so trample you down that you lose hope. You lose your purpose. You lose your image. I am speaking to a group of people live and that we have been trampled down. The devil trapples down. He just don't knock you down, but he stump you while you down. <laughs> See, this is a real battle that has spiritual implications of how we win, of how we take back. It says, it says, it says, it says, it says, it's so much. Now, strongholds is this. It's argument. It's theory. It's reasoning. It's us making excuses for ourselves. It's us. You know what? When we know we're doing what is wrong, we justify it. We make it make sense to us. <laughs> we, we, we come up with an argument against God. The, the wrestling of, of Jacob and God on top of the mountain was really a struggle of will. It's not, well, 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 you got this sin, I got this sin, you got this. Listen, no, it's a real problem. And what I mean by that is, until God has wrestled you and I, until we say yes at real level, we will continue to have a stronghold in our lives. Jacob is blessed, but he's blessed by God's mercy, though he's not in God's grace yet. Let me explain. Do not count the goodness of God, meaning you in his will. God will be good to you and I because he is good. Even when we out of his will, trying to bring us back into his will. So I got to say, preach, preacher. And we would take that God is blessing me, but I must be all right, not necessarily. God bless 
Jacob tremendously. And Jacob at this point has never said, my God. That you're the God of my father. You're the God of my grandfather. But, but, but it wasn't until this wrestling, till, till he finally said, I won't let you go till you bless me. And some of us have mistaken the favor of God, the goodness of God, and think we're blessed and highly favored. You might be cursed. Say this word with me. It's a difficult word, but I want you to tell me. Alignment. Alignment. Was this car, and and only one of the front tires was bald. It was so bald that you could see the fibers. And you look at the other tires, and, and my thought is, this car has been out of alignment. If you let go of the steering wheel, it will pull instead of keep straight. Some of us we come to church, we look religious, but our will is out of a alignment. God is wrestling with us whether we know it or not. <laughs> God will allow things to happen to get your attention, but if you stay busy, and you keep getting busy because God has a still small voice that speaks on the inside. He's not going to shout at you. He's not going to yell at you. He's not going to raise his voice at you most of the time. But he will allow circumstances to happen to, to, to make you stop and say, and, and, and everybody needs to, at times, take time out and say, Lord, am I in alignment? Lord, I, I, don't, I don't have enough time to worry about nobody else. Am I in alignment? Is my will in alignment? No, no, you can do everything physically right and be out of alignment. It almost parallels Psalms 1 that we was working out of. And it, said, and it goes on to tell that he says, he said, curse is the person. It's really talking about out of alignment that's not in his will. He said, he said that they're like in a desert. Perch. That's, that means, how can I say this? You come to church, but you're not getting anything. You walk out as dry as when you came in. Then blame it on the preacher and the singers. 
of course. You know, when, 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 when God quit moving, when we quit crying, listen, because God is moving on us, when we no longer hear or get convicted, Thank you, Lord. You're not so right that the word can't convict you no more. You're just not listening. The goal is Jesus. And unless you can walk on water, you're not there yet. I don't know about you. The closer I get, the more need I recognize I am of him. The closer I get, the more he turns on the light, and I see myself, and I need to correct Lord. I, 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 you, you ought to be continually repenting, because till God shows you you, you don't see you. Jeremiah 17, he says, he said, he said the, the heart is so wicked, deceitfully wicked. Then he said, who can know it? And what he's saying is, is that, that the human heart, not the born-again heart, but the human heart is so deceitfully wicked that you don't even know. Lord, which one of us you talking about? I'm talking about all of y'all. <laughs> Me, you. That's why we need God. That's why we need him to show us. We need him to constantly give him permission to check us. When the last guy God checked you? <laughs> you know, he, he, throughout the day, he ought to be checking us. Oh, do the day well say, Lord, forgive me, Lord. I Why? Because you want to walk in fellowship with him. And when you walk in fellowship with him, he he will let you know when you're turning a little bit. Just a little bit. Don't have to be a whole lot. Just, 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 just. David said this. He says, I will let the person who finds their source of water find out where they're getting water from. The entry into is we need to cut off their water source. And wherever the water source is, we need to go in through that and destroy them. What is the source that feeds your flesh? Cut it off. Psalms 1. He says, he says, he says, he says, there's three levels of this thing. There's three levels. Blessed, and, and this blessing here is not this blessed me in the Greek me 
that people see you. If not happy, there's joy. People see that you are fortunate. People see that there's an anointing on you even when things are going bad. You know, one of the greatest evidence that, that you are full of the Holy Spirit is when things are going bad and it hasn't stole your joy. I've seen some people, and I, I'm trying to figure what I'm going to say when I go into the hospital because their diagnosis isn't good, they're in a situation. And I walk in and say, hi, Reverend Venice, how are you? And I'm thinking, I didn't expect that. And instead of me encouraging them, I'm encouraged by their God's hand is all on them. Let me just say, the more you go through, the more God's hand is on you if you let him. The anointing on me is stronger when I'm sick. That don't make sense, does it? But the fact of the matter is, when I'm sick, I automatically know I need him more. Now, when I was younger, I used to, now, no, I know I'm not right. I shouldn't even tell y'all this. Because if I tell y'all this, y'all gonna know I'm not right mentally. So when I found this out when I was younger, I said, Lord, let me get sick every time I preach. Because I wanted the anointing that bad. I know the blessing comes through the anointing. I know that cuts through. And what the Spirit of the Lord says, you don't need to be sick. You just learn to, you just need to learn to tend on, depend on me like you are sick. Because you need me whether you're sick or not sick. You need me all the time. Proverbs 3. And I know I'm not getting where as far as I want to get to, but it's okay. He says, uh, lean not, he said, first, let love and faithfulness, or you can translate that truth, God's word. Notice the two he calls out. Let love and truth never leave you. Are you walking in the truth of his word? Are you walking in love? Because the moment we're not, the other water source is coming through. There's two sources. There's the water of the Holy Spirit that will help us walk in love and faithfulness, but then there's those other attitudes that come from Satan's attitude. Don't tell me all God wants is Sunday morning. If that's all you think you deserve to give God, then my question is, are you really saved? Because God wants all of you, all of me, because he gave all of himself. Hold on, hold on. This is not a cheap relationship with him. It cost him everything. And you and I, to walk with him, there's stuff that got to fall off. 
And that's, that's an act of what law, a, a surrender. You know why? Because the net, the net is a yoke, which means that if you go against it, it hurts. Neck is the most tenderest part. So, so oxen, all the, they got a yoke so, so that you can control them. And God says, love and truth ought to be your guide. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet with the, of your born-again heart. Whenever we're not acting in love, we ought to feel convicted. Then will you win favor with, in a good name in the sight of God. God says, I will lay my hands on you. I will keep you at all times. I pray this prayer, listen, every day. You know why? Yesterday, grace is gone. I don't know what in the world I'm going to face the day. So, so first thing in the morning, Lord, I need you. <laughs> Lord, I need you to guide me and order my steps. Lord, I need you to feel me because thank you for yesterday. Thank you for keeping me through the night. But I don't have a clue. so hard because we've been taught to trust in ourselves. Matter of fact, when I'm talking about Je Jeremiah, it's a curse is the man who trusts in man. Curse is the man who walks in mankind's way. Here, this is teaching how to walk in the blessing. Did you know this is a choice? David said, I need to cut off their source of supply and then we're going to win. Watch, watch, watch this. So they cut it off. They, they found the tunnel. They come up through the tunnel and they come in and they destroy the Jebusite. Now, you know what's so amazing? Where the Jebusites used to be, David set up his kingdom there. It became the kingdom of David. You know what God would do? And I noticed for the place that was your weak spot, when Jesus takes it over, it becomes your strong spot. 
I'm not ashamed of my past. Y'all don't even know, probably, I may know two-thirds of it. The other half y'all can't handle, so I ain't going to talk about it. It, it, it took, God, God, God had to deal with me to get me. But the way he, now that he got me, I talk and I share with others who's been where, who are where I was at. It's a testimony. It's, it, it's a badge of honor what God has done. You got to understand, if you've really been delivered, you're not ashamed that you've been delivered. If you've really been delivered, you ought to tell everybody, but there's somebody that needs to hear your story that it would give them hope that the same God that brought you out can bring them out. Because none of us been where we are all of our lives. It's been the grace and the goodness of God that has brought all of us if you really been delivered. Oh, oh, when I think about how far he brought me from, I can't help but get excited and say, Lord, I owe it all to you. David set Zion right where their enemy used to be, saying, I claim this for you. Don't you need to be doing in your life? Claiming territory and claiming it for Jesus and taking a stand in that, Lord, I claim this for you. To you be the glory. To you be the victory. Because it's really all about you. Show me those trees. Show me those trees. The prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 says this. That we need to be rooted, grounded, and founded in the love. Let me explain what this is. That is, if I believe I got the picture right, that shows a palm tree that is cut. And it's not rings, it's fibrous. Which means that they have the ability in the wind to bend all the way down to their heads touch the ground, but they're coming back up. Let me explain what I'm saying. Every storm, every problem, Every disappointment has not been meant to destroy you. It's been meant to make you stronger. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Every sickness, every someone talk about you, every disappointment, when you got through crying, but you made up your mind, you going on in Jesus, it made you stronger. Everything you've been through, though the devil meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Because that which you go through can't touch you no more. 
praises higher. Your worship ought to be higher. You ought to have more joy than ever. You ought to have some places that you know Jesus rules in your life and that nobody, nobody, nobody can make you doubt the goodness of God. You know he's good. It's not religion. It's experience. It's experience. So therefore, you have a mind made up that you're going to run on to see what the end's going to be because you have tasted of the goodness of Jesus. And you know that you know. Oh, let me, let me, let me go there. You still cry sometimes. You still, still get discouraged sometimes. But you look back at what you came through, what you've been through, how he brought you over, that you made it. I told you last week, David, before he was king, while he was 15, he became an Israel when he was 30. He sat and buried the head of Goliath outside of the Jebusite's fortress. You know what he was thinking? Wait till I arrive at my appointment. Because when I become king, my God is going to tear your kingdom down. How can you know that, David? How can you be assured, David? Because there was once a giant named Goliath. He was 10 foot something, and I was a little boy. But my God told me that no giant can withstand him. And if I just trust him, this giant is going down. I got his head as evidence. And I buried it near your gate. So every time I look at the head of Goliath, I say to myself, the same God that helped me defeat this giant and cut off his head is the same God that's going to deliver you into my hands. My God is God. No matter what I face, he's God all by himself. Yes, God. The devil will come, but that devil's going to fall too. Yes, yes. <laughs> Our God is with us. He's for us. We have to set our eyes on him. Hebrews says he's the author and finisher of our faith. We got to set our talk Oh, him. There's some things we need to kill in us. And when we kill it, God's going to come in and say, 
This is my territory now. Victory is ours. Deliverance is ours. It has already been won. But you have to believe it. I have to believe it and declare it before it's already done. There, there, there's some things you need to speak out of your mouth. It says, they wrote it, they spoke it because they believed it. I now speak it because I believe it. You need to speak the word of God even before you arrive in it. It does no good shouting when the victory already won. You ought to shout before. They said, I'm shouting now. I'm saying hallelujah now. I'm claiming the victory now. I'm moving in it now. I see it now. I believe it now. I thank you now, Lord. I don't know when I'm going to arrive at it, but I thank you. But I thank you. He loves you that much. But this is a walk of faith. And what he's saying to you and I, you need to trust me, trust my heart before you see it. The earth says, I don't believe it till I see it. And God says, you need to believe it because I said it. Because he is God. Those at home, God loves you. God 